Hello, my name is Alan Schwartz. I am an elder from Impact Christian Church in Victorville, California. What a wonderful day. Today is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. And I am so excited to share this message that the Lord laid on my heart. It's from Mark chapter 16, 1 through 8, which says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go Tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes and pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and resurrecting from the dead. Three days later, coming back to life, Lord. On Friday, it was Good Friday because you died on the cross for our sins. And on Sunday, you conquered death. And then you left the tomb being empty, Father God. Just like some of us and most of us, if not all of us actually, church might be empty, Lord, in the sense of no one there. We're not able to be doors open, Lord, but you are present in our life, Father God. May we put you first in all that we do, Father God. We love you, we thank you, and in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Today, as I mentioned earlier, is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. To some, that means eggs. Bunnies, candy, Easter baskets, Easter egg hunts. But it's so much more than that. Christ is alive. He is risen. Christ is risen indeed because he lives. And today, today we get to celebrate Jesus being risen from the, from the dead three days after dying on the cross for our sins. Jesus has saved us from hell and gives us the decision to go to heaven with him. I think periodically how awesome it would have been to see the reaction of everyone who saw the tomb in the city of Jerusalem that had Jesus' body in it on that Friday and then 
the empty tomb a few days later on Easter Resurrection Sunday. I believe many of you watching now, right now, are the ones who will catch the replay because it's too early for you and you want to stay in your pajamas. Feel dead. You feel dead inside and not alive. It is as though you have changed. Chains weighing you down and that you are a slave and prisoner to your own sins. You are living in sin constantly and never gave God a chance. Although God gives you a chance time and time again. Maybe you're watching and you are a murderer. But you want to know about this Jesus. Maybe a gangbanger. An adulterer. Maybe you have an addiction to porn, drug addiction. Maybe you are so depressed from your own sin that's been weighing you down for too long that you're holding on to guilt from your sin and you feel as though you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and that your sin is too big for Jesus. This is not the case. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He is bigger than your sin. Only rejecting Christ cannot be forgiven. As in Mark 3.28 verse 3.29 says, Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven. The sons of men and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. I want to tell you something today. I want you to understand that you must stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders anymore. Because the matter of the fact is, Jesus, without sin himself, bore the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. So stop trying to control your own problems and cast your cares to God and ask him what he wants for your life, regardless of how difficult it is. Let the weight that you've been carried and been caring for far too long to be released and start living for Christ and being alive like Jesus is alive today. It is time to be released from your own prison cell. It's time to be released from your own prison cell. When Jesus lives in you, it's a new beginning. It's a new chapter of your life. You've been revived and set free from your sin and your past failures. Romans 8.10 says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Some of you here think there is no one and no such thing that can satisfy you. 
No one that could love you endlessly. No one who could love you because you have so much baggage. And you believe that no one could forgive you for what you've done. But I'm here to tell you the wonderful news. That maybe you've never heard before. Or you have. But you've never believed it. The matter of the fact is I'm here to tell you the truth. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. Because in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness. Therefore, give your sins to Christ. Let go and let God take care of your problems. You will be a lot happier. With so much junk going on in this life, There's one thing that's constant. And that is the hope that we can have in Jesus and with Jesus. And the day when I take my last breath here on earth and Jesus calls me home, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now I came up with hope while I was preparing to speak this morning. And it goes like this. His overpowering existence for Jesus. His overpowering existence. I'm here to say, don't allow today to pass without accepting the Lord into your hearts. And accept Him as your Lord and Savior. The time is now. The time is now. God has been tugging on your heart for a long time. And you've been saying no. No. But today, this morning, right now, you have a decision to face. Make the right decision. Now, there are several amazing, outstanding things that we might experience in life. Some awesome celebrations are birthdays, weddings, becoming parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, But the greatest day ever is today, Resurrection Sunday, because Jesus lives so we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, we can have healing, we can have hope, we can have faith, we can have happiness, we can be in heaven with our Father. And I can't wait for that day. I can't wait To be with Jesus and to see him face to face. I can't wait for no more pain. How about you? No more pain. There will be no anxiety. No physical pain. No mental health problems. No worry. No fear. There are many things that leave us in awe and get us excited. But nothing should get us as giddy and excited As Jesus, not only dying on the cross for our sins, but also saving us from hell. And resurrecting three days later and conquering death like he did. Because you have to understand, without the resurrection, there's no salvation. As we see in the first three verses in this chapter, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome, Salomon bought spices as their faith 
was strong, right? Their faith was strong, but they thought to themselves, how are we going to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Because this was a very large stone, a very large stone. And, and they knew they did not have the strength in order to do so. There is some of you probably here today who are thinking, I don't have the strength. To get by with my situations. I don't have the strength to deal with my trials. To deal with my cancer. To deal with me losing my house. To deal with me losing someone close to me. You know what? We all don't have the strength. Because we need Jesus in our life. To have that strength to overcome those hardships. Jesus is our overcomer. So, while these ladies are on their way after sunrise to the tomb, they realize we can't do what we came here to do. We wanted to do something. We had good intentions, but we can't do it. We can't physically move the, the tomb that we wanted to. And so, how many of us in our walk with Christ wanted to do something, but God had other plans? Much like the large rock that was covering the tomb where Jesus' body was supposed to be, they couldn't do it. How many of us in our walk with Christ wanted to do something, but God had other plans? As they're walking or riding on donkeys, they thought, we're not strong enough. How's this going to to happen? How? How can it be? Now I'll ask you another question. Have you had a giant in front of you? And not how in the world is God going to do something that looks impossible much like this story how is God going to help me how is God going to rescue me from this from that from this from this marriage from my financial struggle from my pain how is he going to use it for his good maybe you recently lost someone close to you and you're having a hard time getting out of bed from the pain from the heartache because your depression is so bad Maybe you lost your job with this coronavirus like many of us. And you have no idea how you're going to pay your bills. Maybe you have a terminal illness and given a few months to live. And have no idea how God is going to provide you with peace. How is God going to fix my broken, disgusting marriage? Maybe you. Maybe you watching had a Goliath before you. And just maybe God wants you to be like David. And God is going to use you to defeat whatever giant comes your way. As we see in this passage, when it says, But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away without them touching it. They thought, How in the world? How in the world did this just happen? Are you kidding me? Like, I wish I could have been there to see their facial expressions because it was probably somewhere. Oh my God. 
gosh, how did this happen? Well, they thought to themselves, how could it be? In verse 5, we're told as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man. A young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But the stone was moved by the young man dressed in a white robe. And this young man is known as an angel. And as you can imagine, they were shocked with what they just witnessed. They didn't need man's help or strength to move the stone. You know what they needed? They needed their faith to grow. But they also, they needed a miracle, which happened. It took place. Have you ever been shocked by the greatness, the love, the perfection, and the miracles that God has done in your life? I'm sure if you're honest to yourself here today, the answer is quite simple. It's yes. It's yes. And if you've been praying for a miracle that hasn't taken place yet, and you're thinking, no, I've been praying for a miracle. I've been praying for a miracle to walk again, to be pain-free again. But guess what? I have miracles every single day, and I see them. And some of them are this. If you're able to watch this with your two eyeballs that God blessed you with, that is a miracle in itself. If you're able still to have breath in your lungs, that's a miracle. If you're able to have a heartbeat that works functionally and properly, that's a miracle. If you're able to have a pulse that beats, that's a miracle. It's just some things we don't see as miracles, but they are. Miracles. Now, it reminds me of part of a song titled Do It Again by Elevation Worship. And the part that I want to read to you is this. I've seen you move. Come move mount the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see You do it again because Jesus does amazing things time and time again. Let's continue in verses 6 and 7, which say, Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. As we see, they cannot believe what had just happened in front of them. And they wanted to know what just happened. Where is Jesus? And the response was simple, but so powerful, and it was excellent. Jesus has risen. He's alive. Understand something. Not even death could keep Jesus from rising three days later because he does the impossible. Much like God in our life. Much like when God is in your life, you realize he does things in his way, in his timing. Right? In his way, in his timing, and in astonishing, huge Magnificent ways. 
if you are still here alive, as I mentioned earlier, with a pulse, a heartbeat, and breath in your lungs, then God isn't finished using you yet. He's not finished using you yet. What is going to be the next thing in your life that you do for the Lord? What is it going to be? Ask yourself that. Think about that. Ponder it for a minute. I really love God's heart and His mercy and His grace as well as His forgiveness shown in verse 7, which says, But go, tell His disciples and Peter, He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see Him, just as He told you. All four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John state that during Jesus' last supper with his disciples, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny knowledge of him, stating that Peter would, would disown him before the rooster crowed the next morning, yet he wanted this to be a story of redemption for Peter. He called Peter by name in this passage as he's a sovereign God and gave him another chance. Much like God wants to rewrite your story. And how many times does Jesus save us time and time again and give us chance after chance? Isaiah 30:18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Now, how many chances in your life do you need before you reach out to God? Before you cry out to God? Before you say, you know what? I've given everything else besides you a chance, Lord. I want you how many more times do you have to overdose on drugs, get rushed to the ER, almost dying from this earth before you reach out to Christ, giving him a chance? How many more toxic marriages are you going to be in before you let Jesus choose your next spouse? And how many more marriages are you going to be in before you allow Jesus to work on you, before you get into a next marriage so you find the right godly man or woman that God calls you to be with? How many times are you going to deny God when he created you and he knit you wonderfully made inside of your mother's womb? How much longer are you going to run from God when he calls you? By name. How many times are you going to try things your way instead of God's way? When his ways are higher than our ways. Can we tell God right now, I need you, God, to do what I can't do for myself. I'll read that again. Can we tell God right now? I need you, God, to do what I can't do for myself. And tell yourself this. I need to trust you in ways I never thought I could. I will say that again. 
I need to trust you in ways I never thought I could. Some of us here are trying to roll away our own stones. When God says, I'm not finished with you yet, put down the stone and let me do the work in you and for you and let me roll away your stone. I'll take care of you. I am your father. I created you. I know what's best for you. Philippians 1 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I believe it to be very interesting that G- what Jesus did after his resurrection. One passage that demonstrates this perfectly that I want to read to you is Acts 1 3. It says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Man, Jesus is amazing. Without him, we are nothing. The disciples knew The Roman authorities had put Jesus to death. And that his body has been taken down from the cross and sealed in a tomb. And when that happened, they were filled with despair and fear. Many even went hiding as their hope was shattered. They had forgotten Jesus' promise that he would return from the grave. But when Jesus appeared among them after the resurrection, their lives were changed. The greatest miracle in all of history had just taken place. Jesus Christ was alive. During those 40 days, he appeared to various groups of disciples, proving beyond doubt to them. That he had been raised from the dead by the power of God. During this time, Jesus taught his disciples and was preparing them. You know what he was preparing his disciples for? He was preparing them for the task to telling the world about Christ. That is what he was preparing his disciples for. And I want to ask you something. Is your faith in the risen Christ? Or are you seeking to share his message? And are you seeking to share his message of salvation with others? Is your faith in the risen Christ? And are you seeking to share his message of salvation with others? Are we doing our part? Because Jesus does his part and already has and always does every single day. I want to end with this. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he did not deserve to die. He was God in human flesh. He was without sin of any kind. But on the cross, something happened. We can hardly wrap our heads around because it's something only Jesus could do.
All of our sins were placed on him. He was sinless, but he allowed our sins to be transferred to him on his back and carried it on the back of the cross for us. The Bible says, it tells us, that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And in that moment, Jesus, he cried out as before he died, saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Mark 15.34. He took the judgment we deserved and he did it because he loves us. He did it because he cares for us that much. And I know that some of you who have watched five minutes of the, of the worship or the entire thing or will catch this on replay. I know some of you are not saved. I know a lot of you probably aren't saved. I know several of you have backslidden because it's easy to backslide, right? But I'm here to share with you. That you have a very important and huge decision to make. And you need to make that decision today. You've been putting it in the back burner for so long. You've been saying, I want God. I want Jesus. But I'm too embarrassed to make that decision. Or I'm too prideful because I don't want to change my ways. I don't want to change my habits. But today is today to put that all in the back burner. And be born again Christian this morning right now. So as the prayer counselors, as you see their names, would you please call one of us so we could pray for you. So you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time. Or if you need prayer of any kind, please call one of us. Or if you've backslidden. And you're like, you know what? I've been living in sin. I know Jesus, but I've been walking backwards instead of frontwards. And I want to start running frontwards again. Please give us one a call. Give us one of, one of us a call, excuse me. And if you don't even want to do that, but you want to make the decision today, this morning, to follow Jesus Christ, put a thumbs up. On the comment button. And that means I will privately message you. And I will pray for you. Whatever your prayer request is. Because guess what? You don't want to be dead and a slave to your sin anymore. You want to be alive with and in Jesus. And you want him to reside and dwell within you. And what a better day. No better day than today. To accept Jesus Christ. As your Lord and Savior. God bless you. And have a happy, happy Easter and Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. May we all walk in faith. Fight the good fight. And remember, the battle has already been won.